Kia ora. On today's edition of Sweat As, we have Gary Gregory. He's an industrial fitness trainer. He's um, an absolute battle axe. And he talks about learning to love the dark place that you go to, you know, in the heat of the workout. Uh, he's a bit of a smart cookie as well. Touches on the impact of the agricultural revolution and the human journey. Why, you know, why some people might struggle to stay active these days. Uh, we touched on CrossFit, which is a bit of a touchy subject, um, but it actually leads to an interesting sort of sexual situation in a gym in Canada. It gets a bit weird. Uh, and also the upcoming strength and conditioning camp. Enjoy. Your real self is inside you. Your body gets old. Some of you go to look at the fridge, you don't have no teeth. Your hair is leaving you. Your bodies get tired. But your soul and your spirit never die. Sweat as the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yes. Yes. Here he is. <sighs> yeah. It's a bit like that, isn't it? Another Friday and another day you're having was, your way with me. No, I had, oh, I had my way with you. Yeah. That was awesome. It was. The question is, Henry, why do you keep coming back? <laughs> why do you come back? I was thinking this last night. Why... Why do you keep coming back for that? What is it? These classes are getting busier, aren't they? They are. They are, yeah. uh, They're growing. And they're they're growing in the morning as well. The 6am classes, the the trainers are doing an awesome job with the morning classes. Like Aside from the Contender and the Strength Camp and Hannah's Body Blitz, the free classes that we run, 6am, just keep getting busier. And I keep trying to make it harder and harder. And I know the other trainers do. And they keep coming back for more. It's not that So so from... From your point of view, as a person who's coming to the class, what keeps making you come back? What is it that's? Uh, so I'm interested to see I think it, as an evaluation it, point of view. I think ultimately it comes back to chemical stimulation. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's some reactions happening within the body. Yeah. Uh, getting pushed like that. Is it endorphins? So it gives you is your it, buzz. Yeah. Is it dopamine? Yeah. Shit. We hated at the time, Gary. I'm not gonna lie. In fact, I overheard some of the people just before that the class there. They're like, "Oh shit, Gary." But, <laughs> but then afterwards, as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, obviously, everyone's sort of beaming and fisting yeah. each other. I suppose it's that um, that uh, achievement at the end of it, especially with that kind of session where you have that collective group goal you know you're trying to achieve 600 calories together and um you know when you do it bang on the buzzer and you're actually 20 calories over you have that that feeling of uh, success and mm. achievement you know no matter what else is is going on you know you could have a shit day before you come in or you know no matter what you've kind of uh, achieved a goal i think that's part of it as well is no matter what other shit you've got going on in your life for that for that 30 minutes or hour however long you work out the only thing you're worried about is that next rep so things sort of even though it's quite blurry the things become clearer and you all the other bullshit guts it's true i think you can uh it's all about i think i think for some people it's about that dark place isn't it getting in the dark place getting deep in the head and just switching off i think for me that's one of the things like to to just um, kind of like dig deep, yeah. you know. Find and your dark you, place. You and find like learn to love it. Yeah, yeah, you do. As much as you might hate it at the time, you it, everything else is switched off, and it's just that one thing. Whether it's achieving a, a number of reps at a certain weight, or trying to, you know, continue moving. I don't know, doing an exercise for thirty or sixty seconds, whatever mm. it is. You um, kind of just 
go into that, you zone into it, blinkers are on and you just all out attack. Yeah. I feel like I'm still in that dark place now, to be quite honest. <laughs> see the light, really. Gary, you can do it, you can see the light. I've said it before, I'll say it again, I think the other reason why I like to, why I come back is because um, if, I, if I come and sort of and rip into it here for a half hour, an hour, I feel like I can rest on my laurels for another week or two and just take it easy, enjoy mm. life, um, guilt-free living, um, eating, drinking. And then yeah, I think, I think some people do train just so they can continue living you know, a dirty lifestyle because it, it kind of buys them calories, if you like, you know. Yeah. If I burn off 500, I can go and eat 500. Uh, that's definitely, um, I, I'd say that's how, for, for periods of time through the year, I definitely um, do that for sure. You know, my training goals are not in any way aesthetic. They're trying to, you know, maybe a strength goal, fitness goals, and then, you know, whatever happens with the physique happens. But uh, I know that that extra work and that hard work towards, you know, a certain fitness achievement, you know, allows me to eat that little bit more. Um, probably, probably going to get a bear claw from the Queenstown sign. It signs later, I think. Hey, what the bear claw? Bear claw. It's a chocolate and custard pastry. Oh God! Quite, um, quite something. Dan Mackay and uh, Rob Horrocks are quite uh, good customers down there. I hear for a bear claw. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't tell anybody. My question, though. Uh, Gary Gregory, welcome to Sweet As. Is why do you why do you keep coming back? Why do you do it? From from a personal point of view, uh, with training or as a trainer? As a trainer, like what is it that you know what what drives you to come to work each day and punish people? Um, I think uh, there's a you know a few different reasons. Like I know like for myself, like with my own um, fitness and health journey that I've been on, you know, from being very unfit and very overweight uh, in my early twenties, uh, I see the benefits that a healthy lifestyle and increased fitness, you know, and, and improved nutrition have on your lifestyle, you know, like you, you can do and enjoy a lot more in life if you're fit and healthy. Um, so I suppose sharing that with people and sharing that knowledge with people and helping them to achieve a healthy lifestyle, um, you know, is definitely one of them. Um, I suppose it's, uh, you know, about connecting with people as well um, in a positive way. You know, um, you only have to look at social media and the news nowadays, and it's just negative, negative, negative all the time. Um, I suppose it, you know, allows you to switch off from that and, you know, connect with people in a positive way and bring a bit of joy. I know. Um, I know. We shared a moment uh, during that workout. I think it was just maybe during the third set of bicep curls. Yeah. We stared deep into each other's eyes. <laughs> it was definitely, definitely <laughs> a, uh, a moment. I'm not sure what kind of moment, but we'll like probably I, not go there again. I feel like I exposed a bit of myself. Spiritually, spiritually, <laughs> should have felt yeah. good, Gary. It felt good. That was great. It was good to partner you. Actually, that was good. You pushed me all the way. It's fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, I think as as trainers, you know, we're we're very fortunate um, to be in the position we're in. Uh, it the fitness industry has grown from strength to strength over the last ten years. You know, I've, I've been involved in the fitness industry for the last 18, 18 and nineteen oh. years. And so it's changed dramatically since when I started from the dirty old dingy warehouse gyms back in the UK yeah. to um, the, the monster that, you know, industrial fitness fight science is now today. Um, it's completely changed. Even in the last, you know, six years when I originally first came here, five or six years ago, um, you know, it was just a small one room boxing ring, a few bags around the walls, Braden Lee training people in the middle. And um, 
and that was pretty much it you know just uh, boot camps out in the gardens in the morning and um, yeah small little weights rack and a squat squat rack in the corner and now we're well, we've taken over we're yeah, going to be the largest Empire. largest gym in Queenstown by a, by a long shot you know and probably the biggest customer base as well I'm not sure who this um, is though I mean size doesn't matter um, I think what, no, we, what no. you sort of touched on before it's is the, the hammer that hits the nail, isn't it? That's what other people say. <laughs> That's it. But I think it's the um, it's, it's the vibe here as well, where people we sort of touched on people like to play hard, but also like to come here and work hard as well. I feel yeah, like that's sort of absolutely. The like there's there's definitely a, a very unique culture around um, fight science and industrial fitness. It's unique amongst the members and amongst the trainers. You know, I think all of us as, as trainers, you know, we are very very like minded. Um, like going back to what I was saying, being in a, a really fortunate position, um, you know, we have the ability to make an impact on people's physical and mental health, you know, improving their quality of life just through being here and being, you know, some someone to push them through a challenge every day. You know, that has a real big impact on people. Um, and I think that shows, you know, the community here has grown from strength to strength. Um, you only have to be here for a couple of days and I can guarantee you'll have you know, a new family within no time at all. You mentioned your early 20s, you just touched on it there, you mentioned you're a bit bigger. Uh, we, don't, we don't talk about Fat Gary too much. Yeah, can we call it your chode phase? <laughs> what? I was a little round, we call it a round phase. We were a bit, uh, I, I, was, I was more of a potato than a chode, I would say. Okay. <laughs> Um, how did you know was it obviously just a phase obviously you were sort of fit and healthy before oh, that and then I don't know whether you'd call it a phase how long does a phase last I think phases are like a couple of months aren't they mine was 19 to 23 so it was like four years like Almost probably started the year before that I was probably I was, I was uh, becoming overweight and then you know for a year and then boom it happened I was probably four years uh, extremely obese um, wow, but you know, dirty bulking—that's what it does to you. Bulking. Um, so is that the well, yeah. I mean, I always trained. I was actually uh, a personal trainer. I qualified as a personal trainer when I was eighteen, and um, yeah. and that's when the dirty bulk started. You know, me wanting to get bigger, following the bodybuilding way of life, and just eating as much as possible—the old Lee Priest style—get as fat and as big as possible off season, and then cut up. You know, for the for the summer. But the old cut up never happened. It just carried on, <laughs> carried on growing. And I think I got addicted. I got a very addictive personality, and I got addicted to getting bigger. And then that's when that um, body dysmorphia starts to kick in. And you know, you think you're never big enough, and you know, you lose a few pounds trying to diet, and you suddenly think you're skinny, and like, fuck this, I'm gonna put some more weight on. And it just keeps going and going, and before you know it, you're touching on 18 stone, and you've got a 42 inch waist, and stretch marks like a fucking road map on your back. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty hideous, to be honest. Especially at like you know early 20s. That's supposed to be uh, you know coming In your into prime, yeah. coming into your prime, and. Um, yeah, fuck, I, I remember taking a medical for a job as a prison transport officer and um, I failed through high blood pressure and that was it. I, I was only just over 19 years old at the point oh, at that dear. time. I wasn't even at my heaviest. Um, so I had to lose, I think, about seven or 10 pounds and 
I've, I then went again for a second try, passed it, and then boom, weight came back on again. So, on, shit. Um, got so, bigger and bigger. So it is, it is easier to convert fat into muscle, though. Is That's that, is a complete it? myth. Is it? That is not uh. true at all. That is something what people. That, that, that I mean, I, I believed it for years. Yeah. You know, people say you are, I'll turn the fat into muscle, but that, that's Bullshit. not at all possible. You know, it's like when a magician turns mm. a, you know, a, a scarf into a fucking pigeon. It's, it doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't really happen. Um, it was in David Copperfield. He does. You know, he does some pretty impressive stuff, but mm. uh, damn, damn, we damn. can do some pretty impressive stuff as well, but not quite that. But it's, it's real. Uh, yeah, um, it just doesn't. It, it doesn't happen at all. Um, unfortunately, it'd be so, great if it did, wouldn't it? But basically, you you would you can put on muscle and you can lose body fat. Um, when you're losing body fat, you're in you would be in a calorie deficit, so meaning more more calories going out than calories going in, and that would make you catabolic. And when you're catabolic, that means your body is breaking tissue down. Oh, here's coffee's. Yeah, coffee delivery. Hold on a minute. Oh, she'll come around the other side. Um, yeah, so when your body's catabolic, um, you'll break tissue down. Um, when your body's anabolic, that means you're in a calorie surplus. So more calories are going in than calories going out, and your body is now has an environment where it can grow tissue. Um, and so muscle mass and fat can, can now grow oh, and get bigger. So catabolic doesn't sound super healthy. Uh, well, no, I mean, we go through phases of being catabolic and anabolic all the time. You know, if you were fasting, say, and you know, or, or dieting down, the whole time you're dieting down, you'll be in a catabolic phase. Um, uh-huh. You know what I mean? So you're, gotcha. as if you're, if you're so let, let's say just for example, um, you're, you put yourself in a 500 calorie deficit per day. Okay, so you eat 500 calories less than what you burn off. Yeah. Um, over a week, that is three and a half thousand calories. Yeah. So three and a half thousand calories is approximately the value of one pound in body fat. So if you put yourself in a 500 calorie deficit a day, you will approximately lose um, one pound a week in body fat. Now. It's very difficult to not also lose some muscle mass because you can't choose which um, fiber your body, you know, wants to break down. Do you not target. You can target. target. Yeah, that's a good point. So you can target that. So if you continue like heavy lifting and you continue to make sure that your macros are the right balance, so you're taking on enough protein. Protein obviously is the amino acid that helps um, the gains, body, right yeah, you help body maintain and build muscle mass, provided that your macros are high enough, your, your, sorry, your proteins are high enough, then yes, you'll likely not break down too much muscle mass, uh-huh. okay? So that's that's what you're aiming to do. So you'd likely reduce you know, the carbohydrates you eat and the fats you eat and keep your proteins quite high, continue to train hard, train heavy, and then hopefully you know, you'll know um, you'll not lose muscle mass and you'll lose fat instead. But it's very difficult to just lose body fat. Everyone will lose a little bit of muscle mass along the way. Uh-huh. So you were, so you were sort of 23, 24, and you're like, hey, I need to get my... There you go, he's just grabbing some coffees. Yeah, coffee. Special delivery. Thanks, Kat. Yeah. Thanks, Kat. Sorry, sorry, say that again. So yeah, when, you, when you're in the round phase, Mm-hmm. What was it that made you sort of think, hey, I need, a bloody, I need to make some changes around here? Um, well, you know, you start to realize when everyone around you says you're 
you're quite large you're, and um, you, know, you get repeatedly told that you start to realise like okay maybe it's not a good thing a bit of honest feedback's good though <laughs> yeah I mean my, my family were honest with me and that's great you know my my um, mum my brother both honest said no come on mate you're a bit fat now you need to lose weight um, which I appreciate now you know obviously at the time I thought they were you know talking shit yeah. and it wasn't necessarily true and I thought I was just getting bigger um, but then I was going away to Iron Apple with some friends um, for five weeks in the summer realised that I wouldn't be wearing a top very much you know I'm on the beach probably 70% of the time I'm going to be shirtless and I was not a pretty sight so I thought let's do something about this so were you like a little bit delusional when loved ones were saying sort it out guys you were like no no 100% 100% like you walk into the gym and people are patting on your back telling you you're getting bigger yeah you're looking awesome mate you're getting you know you get massive you're lifting big you're strong your ego gets a hold of you mm. you know nobody wants to start lifting less so you know quite often through dieting it's it's difficult to um to keep your strength at it at an optimal level you know to keep it its highest level especially when you're in a calorie deficit so you know you you kind of don't want that ego hit when you when you lose a bit of strength so you just continue and keep telling yourself I suppose that no no I look alright and then the odd pee person around the gym kissing your ass is telling you you're looking alright too and you kind of just listen to the good feedback really right. so you were still you were still pretty strong but you just had a bit of a um... yeah I was I was strong but I mean the, the problem was I think as well I, I, I tore ligaments in both ankles very close to each other so mm. in that job and as, as a as a prison prison officer had a couple of occasions um, uh, where I was I was once dragged off off of a prison van in a little bit of a kerfuffle, shall we say, on um, the job with on, somebody on prisoner. Well, yeah, handcuffed to a prisoner, and um, oh. the step wasn't put down yet at the side of the van. And as we came off, um, I rolled my ankle, snapped, you know, tore the ligaments. Sorry, not snapped, tore the ligaments in one of my ankles. Um, I had about six weeks off work, and obviously being very overweight, it's it's quite a slow recovery, especially when you like nearly. You know, at, at that time, about 17 stone. Um, put a lot more weight on during that that phase, that six weeks being at home. Went back to work, um, stepped out of a van onto a rock, quite embarrassingly, and twisted the other one and rolled the other ankle and tore ligaments in the other ankle. And so I was. These like, prisoners would you would have lost. There was there was no prisoners, no, unfortunately. No respect. Not very good. The... Not very good story. In the in the second the second time round, it was literally me and a rock. And I stood on the wrong place, you know, and that was that. And rolled the other ankle, so ended up putting a lot more weight on. And that was when I was like teetering at like 18 stone, um, and just become extremely unfit because after the two ankle injuries, there was like zero cardio going on whatsoever. You know, yeah. it was almost an excuse not to do cardio yeah, as well right. because at that time, or you know, that was uh, it was a, it was an inconvenience to have to do cardio. You just kind of did it because you felt like you had to, you know. Um, I heard you did a it was a bit of a walking program it was a plan that you sort of put together to that you sort of self I don't know motivated yourself and put together a bit of a, a program to sort of walk yeah, your I mean, way out like, once I'd made the decision I'm, I'm like I said I've got quite an addictive personality and if I am uh, tell myself I'm going to do something and become determined to do it I will stop at nothing and so you know I decided I think it was on the Sunday right I've had enough I'm going to lose weight I'm going to set my alarm for five o'clock tomorrow morning. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do some cardio and I'm going to start. I'll go for a run. And so I did. I got up, had a black coffee and probably a couple of other things to 
perk me up in the morning. Cocaine? No, not cocaine. No, no, no. Probably some, you know. And no dose. Um, the old, uh, what are they called? Oxy shreds or something like that. Those, pre-workout. You know, yeah, pre-workout, yeah. diet pills, those kind of things. Um, and I ran out the front door, you know, a big smile on my face thinking, this is it. This is the day that it changes. And I got about 200 yards down the road before I had to stop. My calves were solid, burning with lactic acid and... I felt like I was having a heart attack and uh, had to take a seat on the curb, <laughs> evaluate my life and what I, my, the targets and goals that I'd set myself. Clearly, I was not ready for a run yet. Um, walked back, you know, with my head between, <laughs> head, <laughs> head hanging down. Opened um, up the fridge. But no, I, looking I didn't, for answers. No, no. Yeah, no, no, I actually, I, I walked back, had, had a healthy breakfast and um, re-evaluated what I was going to do. I went to the gym that evening, got on a cross-trainer, did, you know, I did an hour of weights, half an hour of cross-trainer. When I came home, put the dinner on, sat on an exercise bike for 40 minutes whilst the dinner was in the oven, and then I went out for a walk, uh, then between 11 and 12 at night, that night, and then five hours later, I got up and I went for a walk. And so, you know, my aim was... Um, five hours sleep a night, get up, go for an hour walk, go to work, do uh, an hour's weights after work, half an hour on the elliptical machine, 40 minutes on the bike, then an hour cardio again before bed. So it was like a continual cycle of, you know, calories out rather than calories in for about five and a half months. I think I lost about 35 kilos in that five and a half months, which was... And you came up with this program yourself. Yeah, I mean, like, it was probably, like, in hindsight, like, if I was to do it again, I think I'd do it a lot smarter. Right. Um, I think you, you that was excessive, and you don't need to do that much exercise. I think, like, when you you're know... you're on holiday, you're on holiday. Yeah, one, <laughs> one, to, but one to two hours a day, probably, you know, with a bit of a smarter diet and a smarter training regime, I probably could have, you know, um, been just as effective. Um, but you know, at the time, it's, there was less knowledge, and I had less knowledge, and there was less available. Uh, so I just did what I knew, and, and that was that. And you know, I, I knew, I'm, I'm a very extreme person, and I've all or nothing. So I was like, right, well, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it as fast as possible. I want to see the kilos fall off as quick as they went on. You know, so it was just all or nothing for me. Fast forward to today, you kind of look similar to sort of a bag of walnuts, um, impeccable shape. Do you think? Have you peaked sort of physically? Um, I think uh, like peaking physically is a bit of a, a it goes along with the fitness journey. I think, um, you know, when I was 30 years old, five years ago, I was probably cardio fit a little bit more than I am now. Um, I'm definitely stronger now. But, you know, I used to do a lot more running, a lot more biking back then. So, you know, it, it, I think you... you you kind of change as you get older. Right. Um, get that man strength as you get a little bit older, you know. So, uh, yeah, I can deadlift and bench more now than what I could when I was 30, but I'd probably do a 10K run quicker back then than what I can do now. So I suppose it all depends. Like, you know, obviously you will start to drop off and, and you know, l- lose a little bit of fitness and a little bit of strength as you get older, but you just have to adapt and change your training to try and combat that as much as possible. Uh, you mentioned at the start sort of how the health and fitness game is always changing it's sort of yeah uh, it's always it's, evolving it's ever evolving 
Yeah, so I guess it's a bit of a knack to sort of keep on top of that and keep it interesting and kind of... Yeah, I mean, that, keep it a, a lot of what we know, you know, about fitness and exercise is bro science. You know, it's someone doing, me and you, trying something out, doing a strength training program and it working for us and then publishing it. You know, it's like people have been doing that for years, you know, body professional bodybuilders have been selling programs for years and years and now it's more professional social media trainers mm. now selling programs you know and like you, you you could buy arnold's blueprint you know back in um the late 1970s 19, 1980s you could buy uh, arnold yeah, the arnold bodybuilding encyclopedia you know and it's all like it's like a lot of it's like reinventing the wheel it's just repackaged and you know, sent out again. Um, it's all got trendy, isn't it? Yeah. Trends uh, and like, fads. Yeah, it, go, it follows in trends and fads, like, you know, just like diets do. You know, one one week it's keto, the next week it's paleo, the next week it's the 5-2 diet. And then, you know, it goes on and on and on. And it, it's just people, all, all they're doing is they're repackaging a calorie deficit diet. That's right. all it is. So, like, you know, um, you can you can wrap it in whatever you want. Um the end of the day a diet is a, if, a diet. if you're trying to lose weight you're, you're putting yourself in a calorie deficit i know the like the human journey is of interest to you like how you know where we started where we come from and where we're going uh yeah yeah is of yeah that's great interest for me um obviously i read sapiens that was a real interest uh talking about like the agriculture agricultural revolution that's a good read uh yes great and you know about how how that has been the demise, I suppose, of um, human health. The foraging. Know? Yeah, the go, going from being a forager to being a farmer, you know, has um, reduced the, the nutrient intake of people. It's forced them to, you know, live collectively in towns um, rather than moving around as, you know, the, the animal human would have done. Mm. Um, and so, you know, reduce the uh, diversity of food that we would eat through the year. So rather than following foods seasonally um, and moving around, so obviously a lot more of a, a fitness-based lifestyle, um, you know, we became farmers and, you know, stopped in one place and farmed one, two or three, you know, particular grains or... Um, you know, foods, and that that definitely reduced uh, our intake of nutrients, and probably reduced our health quite a bit. And the mobility factor, thus oh, the, the nine to five sort of workday was born. I think yeah, with yeah. that agricultural think, revolution. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I definitely don't think you know today is like as as health healthy as what you know what the as healthy as what we should be. Um, at the end of the day, we are an animal. Really, mm. we just got very intelligent, partly to do with our. Um, eating of animals um, so that fat content increased the size of our brains which made us very intelligent and the more intelligent we got actually I think probably the more stupid we got you know because we made some really poor health decisions so um, yes yeah, terrible shame that is really hey, Gary by yeah. spitting truth today man yeah where do you where do you get some of your exercises and some of your training, your classes and stuff from? Where do you bloody fish out? Um, I mean, a lot of it, I've just kind of, I'll sit at home with my partner, Kat, and we'll think of sick, twisted ways that we can really push people, you know? Um, so a lot of inspiration comes from her. Um, and also, you know, I, I look at other trainers uh, in the gym and other trainers that, 
I do, you know, you see on social media or, you know, that are selling programs or will have a look through different programs that they're selling and um, sometimes pick one up and take ideas from it. Um, I'm at the moment running a Ryan Fisher program who's a, and like an old CrossFit coach, um, used to be a CrossFit competitor and powerlifter and so... Um, What's going on out here? A bit of bloody commotion. Oi, give it down. Mind my fanny. Um, yeah, so I'm following that Ryan Fisher program at the moment, and it's a combination of strength training, Olympic lifting, um, and high intensity cardio. And so it's like a real nice blend of um, those aspects of fitness that um, it's very time efficient training. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. Obviously, all the sessions I do with clients are between 30, 45, and 60 minutes. So being as time efficient for them getting as much out of the training as possible is, is is the aim for me so kind of try it on myself and then push it on them after 60 minutes you probably shouldn't be in the gym for long than 60 minutes should you, if you yeah. I mean it depends what you're trying to do really like you know the old um, Russian and Bulgarian style of lifting um, and East What's, German style of strength training you know steroid they, based sort yeah. of workout <laughs> <laughs> I mean they uh, would they would uh, they would lift for like eight hours a day, but they would what? take 10 or 15 minutes rest between each lift, you know, so just doing some stretching and mobility between lifts and they would lift maximally right. between one and three reps and, you know, progressively overload their system with just slightly more weight and more volume over time. Um, but I mean, who has that amount of time in the day to be lifting unless you're getting paid by the Russian government <laughs> that's all you, that's your only job um, but I mean like yeah I mean for the average person an hour a day would be I think efficient Impulse, provided you're pushing yourself um, hard enough you mentioned CrossFit but they get it's got a bit of a bad rap, eh? Their CrossFit so I'll be completely honest. I've never been to a CrossFit box or gym, whatever you want to call it, in my life. But I think CrossFit is a fantastic professional sport, and that professional is, is what we need to remember. It is a professional sport, in my opinion, because doing a power clean, you know, to a three rep max followed by a handstand walk straight into a thousand meters of rowing into a rope climb into a, a peg wall you know the, these crazy combinations of exercises that are extremely high intensity you know you're, you're working at like a eight or nine out of ten on your rate of perceived exertion you're giving it absolutely everything that is not something just anybody should be doing right. that is something who is you know probably trained for years in olympic lifting and has their technique to an absolute t you know um you shouldn't rock up to a crossfit box do a three-day ramp course and then throw yourself in the mix with a, a barbell snatch and a power clean ladder and all of this you know because you, and, and i think that's the problem i don't think it's i think crossfit's got a bad rep because of some bad gyms uh -huh. you know that and that's unfortunate you know, it only takes, you know, one bad apple in the box to, to ruin the rest. And I think there's a, a few gyms who have gone down the wrong route with their programming, maybe been a little bit too advanced. And therefore, you know, a, a number of clients have been injured in the process. All of a sudden, CrossFit's bad for you. But I was sort of know. more talking because it's quite a, um, it's quite a promiscuous bunch, um, typically. I think the CrossFit is... Um, you mean they've got like a bit of a clique? 
Yeah, but, uh, well, no, it's, a, it's quite a strong sort of sexual community and is it really? a lot of mixing and matching. <laughs> and um, you see, I didn't know about. <laughs> is it really? I got a friend wow, in Auckland. You just opened a can of worms there. Tell me more. I got a friend in Auckland, and him and his partner like to open up their doors. Um, to <laughs> friends at the key, gym, the keys in the bowl kind of thing. Pretty well. That's actually more of a grooming sort of scenario where they. Oh wow. They yeah, it's not a. They don't like to put it down to chance. They um, they like to select their. Yeah, targets. <laughs> That's not actually. I, I I didn't actually know that. Um, that could just be this one gym in Auckland. Yeah, I mean, I don't it know. could be, but I mean, gyms is the kind of places where you meet people. So um, <laughs> maybe I know. I actually worked in the gym in Canada, a place. Uh, probably, I'm allowed to say the name. Yeah, not, yeah. On, anytime Fitness, Denman Street. Anytime, uh, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, not anytime. Nine a.m. on a Saturday morning was the preferred time to meet in the toilets. If you were ever interested, wow. Yeah, I actually caught a couple of guys um, trying to get in there. Got yeah. a little carb load and didn't realise I was a staff member. I was wearing a undercover T-shirt. Well, just a normal T-shirt, and. Um, yeah, I was actually approached by one of them because he, he thought I was Richard, which was quite amusing. Ironically, <laughs> looking for a bit of dick. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he was. He actually put, a, put an advert out on um, Craigslist saying, uh, do you want to meet in the toilets at nine? At, does anyone want to meet in the toilets? He wasn't even bothered who. Does anyone want to meet in the toilets at 9 a.m. on a Saturday for a little bit of fun? Not knowing that my boot camp started <laughs> started at ten o'clock, and I would have been there, you know, early to to set up. And uh, like, yes. yeah, so this this guy takes a picture of his his body in the mirror. Not not his. Uh, he, he didn't put his face in it, but he had some very recognisable tattoos on his arm. Oh. And I was sat in the office with a little uh, with the blind just slightly up, so oh, I could. Wait, so you saw the ad. <laughs> so so we saw the ad, and we were uh. looking out for this guy because we didn't know who he was because he couldn't see his face. So we were then like scoping out everybody in the gym, looking at the tattoos. The, and then you set the and trap. I, I saw this tattooed arm walk past my office window, and I knew it was him. So I went out into the gym and started like just tidying up and you know like kind of having a look see if he, he was being dodgy and then he approached me and he uh, I think obviously because I was looking at him he might have thought he, he obviously thought I was Richard wow. I was a guy who was supposed to be meeting um, meeting and, uh, <laughs> yeah, meeting yeah and uh, he, was, he came over to me and he was like are you Richard and I was like well no I'm not Richard but I do work here can I help you at all and um he was like, oh, uh, I, just, I just thought I'd let you know, I think that the tap over there might be, might be leaking. And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, it looks, looks good to me, mate. He was like, oh, it's just there's some water on the floor, so I thought I'd let you know. He's like, bend over, Gary. The funniest thing was, one of my clients, called Richard, walked in about two minutes later. Oh, wow. <laughs> Never has he been on an, in on a Saturday. Not once wow. was he in on a Saturday morning training. Didn't ever come in unless I was training him. And uh, he was like looking very sheepish, looking around, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't realise you were here on Saturday mornings." Yeah. I was like, "Well, no, I didn't realise you were here either, Richard. <laughs> what are you here for?" <laughs> yeah, turns out he was here for a good bumming. But you know, each to their own. I'm no, I don't hold anything against anybody. You know, unless, well, no, nah, I guess you don't probably want to hold Richard against you either. <laughs> no, that's definitely fine. not. Um, yeah, so you know, that's CrossFit. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Wow, what a journey. 
Um, pretty big weekend coming up. Yeah, huge uh, weekend. Um, <laughs> the Remarkables Roadrun for the Daffodil Society. So for um, a cancer charity. So on Sunday we'll be will be a team of us, hopefully more than last time. Um, but yeah, the staff members and uh, I think some of Rob's fighters are going to be running up the Remarkables Road from the bottom car park up until up to the uh, ski resort at the top. It's a 13 and a half kilometer run, pretty much all of it yeah. uphill. Uh, and it's about a 1.3 kilometer climb. Yeah, it is. Elevation. Yeah, I think it's a 1300 meter elevation. It's absolutely miserable. I did it last year and it took, I think I did it in an hour and 42 minutes. I felt like my lungs were bleeding by the end of it. It was, I completely underestimated the run, 100%, and was completely unprepared at how to strategically attack the run. And so I just went out of the blocks like an idiot um, as fast as I could. It sounds disgusting. No, it doesn't sound appealing at all, just to grind Mm. for Um, a couple of hours. Well, it's funny you say that because it it is disgusting and it was fucking miserable. But really looking forward to finding that dark place. Mm. I'm actually I'm actually pretty pumped for it. Um, Yeah, you kind of just get in your own head, put the music on or a podcast in your ear, sweat as maybe you know. Um, You could listen to this, but listen to this, get into your dark place. Uh, Just keep grinding, guys. Keep grinding. There's nothing better. There's nothing better for the soul than just to switch off and really really dig deep down and like just push yourself to an absolute maximum yeah um respect man like yeah yeah, it doesn't like it's the kind of it's the kind of race it really doesn't matter you know how fast you go like it's just about digging deep getting it done um no one gives a shit I i really don't even care if i don't get as fast as last year you know i'm a completely different athlete this year to to how I was last year. I did a lot more running last year. I've done a lot more lifting this year. You know, it's like a different person running up the mountain. So I couldn't give two shits whether I I beat my time or not. But all I'm bothered about is, you know, enjoying that dark space in my head for, you know, maybe two hours. And uh, yeah, only good can come from it. And then the dopamine hit afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. And then the skiing when we get to the top, if I've still got any legs left. <laughs> the coconut latte at the top. That's what I'll be looking forward to. Oh, how good's coconut uh, milk in the car? It's amazing. And they do a great banana slice, banana chocolate cake at the top of Remarkables as well. I like how you I don't work these. for NZ Ski or anything, but they, they, they've, the they've done well signs. this year. Well done, Dan Marazek, on your food choices. Just saying. You got all these little secret treat spots that you drop in. Bespoke Cafe as well. Amazing. They do a fantastic um, bounty bar. So if anyone's listening and they want to ever bring me a bounty bar in, don't hold back. What about when I brought you in a six-pack of superchargers? Um, there's the, panheads. There's panheads. Fucking hell. Yes. I don't know why they call them panheads. I feel like I've been hit around the head with a fucking pan. <laughs> I think that you brought me then. That was the last contender night. And I had one of those before I had to then do the fitness challenge. I've never felt so terrible. It was just oh, awful. Shit. Sorry, bro. What a, well, but I mean, they get you drunk very quickly. I mean, they do the job, you know, they're intended for, yeah. um, which is great. But um, fuck, they're strong, aren't they? Yeah, they're hearty. They're a hearty group. <laughs> uh, 
You're pretty busy at the moment, I hear, taking care of or preparing for the next strength and conditioning camp. Yeah, so... What's the go there? So we're four camps deep coming up. So we've done three. They've all been a great success. Um, people have had some fantastic results, especially on the last one. The, the results they got on the um, body composition uh, weigh-in was just amazing. Um, had some people who, you know... Uh, lost quite a bit of body fat or put quite a bit of muscle mass on you know whichever one their goal was um, obviously they ate accordingly to try and achieve their goal and pretty much everybody did it was really good um, but yeah the next one rather than being eight weeks long is going to be 12 weeks long we're going to start it on September 24th which is a Tuesday so we'll be moving to Tuesday Thursday Saturday instead of the Wednesday, Friday, Saturday that used to be. Yeah. Time's still to be confirmed. I'm not sure whether it's either going to start at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or a mix. Um, and yeah, it'll be 12 weeks long. So it'll take us from the 24th all the way until December the 21st, I believe. Just in um, time for that Christmas blowout. Absolutely. So nice. it's going to take us officially until to the first day of summer, which will be great. So... Um, you know, it's, it's going to coincide with the uh, Summer Shred Challenge that Cat and Jules are going to be running. Um, that's also going to be, I think that's going to be a 10-week um, challenge. And that will be uh, a program-based challenge where you just do like one session a week. And then you're provided with programs that you can follow um, in your own time, basically. Um, so, that, so look out for that as well. Um, but yeah, we've got some really cool stuff going on. Obviously, Contender starting on Monday as well. Hey. Um, and then we'll, that will lead us into the 10-year anniversary celebration, where we'll do a Contender night and celebrate um, the gym being open for 10 years. You'll yeah. be guilty. Um, oh, what a journey. And it sounds like you're bloody up the mountain pretty soon. Yeah, so... Big um, weekend. Yeah, I mean, we're going to try and... Always try and finish relatively early on a Friday, get up and have a ski um, into the early afternoon, and then I think we'll treat the lady to a yonder dinner tonight. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that should be should be good. But yeah, we're trying trying to go to the mountain a couple of times a week. Um, Snow's good at the moment. Yeah, snow real good. My brother's coming on September the seventh, so we're going to be skiing hard out for a full week, which is going to be great. Yeah, looking forward to that. Do you do sweet tricks and stuff? Or are you sort of just... Um, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm, just I like to carve. Nice carver, you know. I like to do some nice lines down a beautifully groomed piece. No better feeling, eh? Yeah. Um, shit, Gary, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Have you got some uh, some sage words, a bit of inspo to sign out on? Um, yeah, anything's possible, guys. Um, you know, if you... Whatever your fitness journey is whatever you choose to do whether it is wanting to lose weight put on muscle mass um, just find your dark place and enjoy a really hard session uh, we can help you here and um, you know whatever I hear a lot of a lot of times people saying oh I just can't lose weight I just can't do this I can't do that yes you can there is a light at the end of the tunnel it's possible I, I was in that position once myself and um, yeah just keep grinding keep the grind on and uh, keep coming to classes keep coming to the gym speak to us down here um, we love helping people so uh, make yourself known to us good man I feel like you're talking to me there appreciate it I was a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs>